This podcast is an examination of the historical research of William Branham and his message cult following. William Branham was a minister in the gambling town of Jeffersonville, Indiana, just across the river from Louisville, Kentucky, as early as 1933. He came in contact with the Reverend Roy E. Davis, an official spokesperson for the 1915 Ku Klux Klan, and later Imperial Grand Dragon of the Ku Klux Klan. Davis introduced Branham to the Pentecostal faith and the art of faith healing, which would later be introduced into Branham's stage persona as he took his place among the evangelists in the post-World War II healing revival. Branham is credited by some as being a catalyst for the Latter Rain Movement and Jim Jones of People's Temple. This podcast is not sympathetic to the views of the Ku Klux Klan that William Branham held, but it is disturbing and warrants research. This podcast is an examination of that research. You can find more about this research and other topics on the website william-branham.org. Join us as we turn back the pages of time and examine the controversial issues of William Branham and his message. William Branham used the word psychology over 400 times during his recorded sermons. Typically, his statements about psychology were his declarations that his healings were not psychology. This is a correct statement. Many examples, such as Donnie Morton, show that there was no healing in the first place, nothing to even call psychology. I believe that William Branham, what he did was incredibly smart. While the listeners focused on the word psychology as it pertains to the healing, William Branham was influencing the masses with a different form of psychology, one that he called faith, but don't be captured by that word itself, faith. You see, scriptural faith is faith in God, faith in Jesus Christ. Anything else is sorcery. If our faith is in Christ, then we're truly following the scripture. If we have faith in anything else, then we're falling into error. To show you how much we falsely associate Christ with this word that he used, faith, we're going to change the word faith to voodoo. In April 1947, Branham gave a sermon that's called Faith is the Substance. <clears throat> he says this, and I'm going to replace the word. He says, now look, there was an angel that came down into the room that way, way back before I was born was ordained to have a gift of divine healing. And he came and told me in the room one night that God sent the gift and it was a gift of divine healing for the people. And if I could get the people to believe in me, I want to pause on that word me. This is William Branham speaking and he says me, if I could get the people to believe me, and then he repeats it, believe me, and would be sincere when I prayed that nothing would stand before the prayer. Notice who the faith must be placed in. He even repeated it, and the editors put parentheses around it. Me, William Branham. He continues, he says, and I'm going to replace the words, he says, therefore, speaking face to face 
with the supernatural being, not Christ, I believe it with all my heart. And if I can get you to believe me, William Branham, with all your heart, that's what moves God and you're healed. Your voodoo, I replaced the word faith with voodoo. Your voodoo has saved you. You see what I mean? Your voodoo, to believe, has saved you. Not what you have worked up and thought in your mind, but what you really know, the evidence of things not seen. See what I mean. Then the girl said, Brother Branham, I truly know there's something above where I have ever reached. Said, I'll try with all my heart and God have mercy on me. Let me believe. And I took hold of her by the hand and there was a vibration from that ruptured appendix. Her prayer for her prayed for her and it stopped immediately. I said, God bless you, sister, your voodoo. And I replaced the word faith. Remember, your voodoo has now saved you. This may sound sacrilegious, but think about what he just said. Let's take two sentences, one that a Christian should say, and one like William Branham just said. And let's see if we end up with the same result. This time, let's not only place, replace the word faith with voodoo, but let's replace me and William Branham with the sorcerer. Example one. This is what a Christian should say. God blessed you, my sister. The prayer you prayed with me, along with your faith in Jesus Christ, has saved you. Example two, what Branham said. God bless you, sister. Since you believed in me, your faith has saved you. Now, let's take these two statements, and let's replace the words and see if the sentence make any, any sense to us at all as Christians. Let's see the result for the first one, what a true Christian should say. God bless you, sister. The prayer you prayed with the sorcerer, along with your voodoo in Jesus Christ, has saved you. Let's see, the sentence doesn't make any sense at all. Not just structurally, but Jesus Christ is still the same one that did the healing. Why even mention the sorcerer? So now let's take what William Branham said, and let's do the same thing. God bless you, sister. Since you believed in the sorcerer, your voodoo has saved you. This one, on the other hand, makes sense. It leaves out Christ. They are placing the faith in the voodoo instead of Christ. You may argue that this is different, but think about that original example that we gave that was a quote from William Branham himself. They placed their faith in faith and not in Christ. They placed their faith in voodoo and not in Christ. Both sentences say exactly the same thing. James 1 tells us the true meaning of faith. He tells us that faith is placed in God, not voodoo or faith in faith, James says that our trials help us to grow in our faith. He says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith proves steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. 
While William Branham tried to tell us that wisdom was of the world, Satan, James tells us that we should ask God for wisdom. He says, if any one of you lacks wisdom, let God, who gives it generously to all, without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that's driven and tossed by the sea. For that person must not suppose that he will ever receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. You see, James teaches faith and balance, not faith and faith. Our faith is steadfast in Christ. James did not teach others to have faith in James or Paul. Paul did not teach others to have faith in Paul. Every single disciple and every single apostle made the focal point of their faith to be Jesus Christ, not themselves. James continues to say, Let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation. This is faith. Let the rich in his humiliation balance. Because, like a flower of the grass, he will pass away. For the sun rises with its scorching heat and withers. The grass, its flower fails, and its beauty perishes. So will the rich man fade away in the midst of all his pursuits. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life which God has promised to those who love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil. And think of this next sentence. He says, And he himself tempts no one. It's quite different than what we've been taught. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived gifts, and it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Most of all, James warns us not to be deceived by these sorcerers and their voodoo. James tells us where to focus. He warns us, do not be deceived, my brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Notice that James uses the phrase, Father of lights. This is not some spiritual thing, some halo that came from a fluorescent bulb. James says that there is no shadow. There is nothing in the shadows. He's saying that with God, nothing changes. There's nothing hidden in the shadows. James did not have a ministry with a boasting and lying tongue. He told others to do the same. He says, Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear and slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of a man does not produce righteousness. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. He also told us to practice what we preach. James said not to, 
to uh, do things that we don't hear from the Word. He says to be doers of the Word. Not to condemn others for dressing like Marilyn Monroe and watching movies while you're sitting there watching some of the worst as William Branham did. James said to practice what we preach. Be doers of the Word. He says, but be doers of the Word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man that looks intently at his natural face in the mirror. For if he looks at himself and goes away and forgets what he was like, but the one who looks in, into the perfect law, the law of liberty. Liberty means freedom. Let me reread re this. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. The last sentence of this chapter pretty much sums it up for me. How about you? James says, if anyone thinks he's righteous, if anyone thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, that person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. As Christians, we should ask ourselves, have we been following a worthless religion? Have we followed a religion from a false prophet who, did, who had an unbridled tongue? Were we deceived by a sorcerer to believe in voodoo. Ironically, voodoo and Branham's gift have a lot of similarities. Why did all of those people in those prayer lines place their faith in William Branham instead of Jesus Christ? And why did William Branham tell them to do so? Was it because that we were taught not to ask God for wisdom? I'll let you decide. Thank you.